And now on Radio 4, once again it's time for yet another re-return of the legendary Count Arthur Strong. Throughout his long and distinguished show business career, spanning decades and decades and decades, Count Arthur has entertained people as varied as a visiting dignitary. A star of light entertainment, he's often delighted people like you in the privacy of your own bungalow houses. Join him now for this week's Count Arthur Strong's Radio Show. They're getting closer. They'll be here by daybreak. Oh, well, the Russians. Uh, the the uh, Prussians. Uh, the Persians. Oh, the, the Germans. <laughs> you, boy. You, boy. Over there, yes, you, with your mouth open. Sitting on that potato sack. Yes, you. Pointing at yourself. <laughs> yes, you. You. Mouthing the words, who, me. That's right. For goodness sake, what's the matter with you? You wanted me, Count Arthur Strongagov? Yes, about half a flipping hour ago, you <laughs> dozy little comrade. Dear me. Tell me, young fellow, how old are you? I'm 36. No, in this, you idiot, in the play. <laughs> Twelve years old, sir. What is your name? Pietor Konstantinovich. Well, a little, but you talk, I'm so <laughs> Oh, you've picked that on purpose, haven't you, that's me? Constantina. Oh, for crying out loud, it's worse than sodding Welsh, is this? Look, whatever it is you're called, I have an errand for you to run. Are you up to it, little sparrow? Yeah, I think I can manage it. Excuse me. I think I can manage it. There's a good chap. Listen carefully to me. I want you to take my red jacket of mine to the cleaners. Because if I am to be wounded in the Battle of Britain... Hastings. The Battle of... Uh, battle of Hastings. Of Stalingrad. Um, I mean, the Battle of Stalingrad. That's what I said. <laughs> Then the men won't see the blood soaking through my bullet hole. And no woman know I've been shot by a bullet through the said bullet hole. <laughs> Can you do that for me, little sparrow? I'll do my best. Shall I take your brown trousers too? <laughs> no, thank you. They were clean on yesterday with them. Just a minute, are you trying to be funny? <laughs> I'll have you know I'm a hero on the battlefield, I am. I've never once had to manually change the shade of my trousers to do what you're insinuating in them. <laughs> we can't get someone else to do your part, you know. Uh, Melvin Hayes, Winners of Davis, Clive Dunn. So, think on. You're skating on very thin ice this week, you are, Alistair. As a pie uh, eater. <laughs> What shall become of us? They're chopping down the cherry orchard. Oh, it's the Russians. It's the Prussians. Oh, the Persians. Oh, there's a flipping Germans, isn't it? 
goodness sake. I shall go back to France to live. We had gay times there. Just a minute, love. <laughs> this is a siege. There is a siege etiquette to be observed. You can't just come and go as you please. What do you think you're doing? The cherry orchard. This isn't the cherry orchard. <laughs> it's the siege of Nottingham. Of the uh, sheriff of Nottingham. Of the, the sherry of Stalinford. What is it? They're doing the cherry orchard down the corridor, Studio 6. I try to get into that. How very interesting. <laughs> Yippee Hot Off has broken a billiard cue, two and twenty misfortunes. Who the bloody hell are you? <laughs> Yasha, the butler. What butler? It's down the corridor, mate, Studio 6. Oh, well, sorry, I followed her in here. I presume she knew where she was going. I was up for your part. Look, just a minute. I'd say... <laughs> I tell you what, mate, you are well out of it. It's dreadful. Very interesting. But we're trying to get on with the siege of Nottingham when you're finished. Dear me, I've never had this trouble when I did Juliet Bravo. Look, Mother's walking in the orchard in a white dress. Will you shut up about that bloody orchard? You're not supposed to be in here. It's not in here what you're doing. What you're doing is not in here. You're not in here. You're not in here. Not in here. Not in here. Not in here. What? Where am I? Fire! Fire! Come over here. Uh, you block off. Blimey, what a flipping dream. I, I, I was in Nottingham having a, a sherry and all these Russians wouldn't shut up. It was more like a nightmare, wasn't it? For goodness sake. Oh, I must have fallen asleep reading that Cuthering Cookson. The thin white dress. Oh. Oh, still got a bit of biscuit in my mouth. <laughs> Jaffa cake with a hint of Mussolini. Uh, uh, ga uh, Garibaldi. Um, unless I'm very much mistaken. I'll tell you what, I'm going to try the chaise lounge in a different position. It's probably what they call bad flung show that I keep having nightmares on it. Oh, I had one before that I was standing in the wings in my underpants with an empty decanter in my hand, and I didn't know what the play was, what day it was, or anything. Good grief, that was... Oh, no, that wasn't a dream, was <laughs> That was when I did King Lear. Oh, right shambles, that was. I tell you, if it wasn't for me doing my bottom of mine I gave, I, it wouldn't have lasted the two nights it did. All the, all the crickets said that. What time is it? Half past eleven. Well, it's light, so that should suggest it must be morning. <laughs> oh, blimey! I've got that audition this afternoon, haven't I? I'll have to get my scapes on, and I don't mean the fish. Um, right then, let's get on. Oh, sod it, what's that now? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Rain pours, doesn't it? Yes, yes, I heard you the first time. Good morning, sir. That's on a battery, you know, that doorbell. It's not for playing with. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, sir. Good morning. What do you want? I'm, I'm halfway through something here. Uh, well, sir, I'm just trying to earn myself a living and keep myself off the streets, you know. Highly commendable. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> Why would anyone ring your doorbell to tell you that? <laughs> Flipping big head. 
Oh, dear me, you meet some people, don't you? Oh, for goodness sake. You again. What have you done this time? Won an egg and spoon race? <laughs> I'm just trying to earn myself a living, sir. Facts I am already in possession of. Well, you know, I was wondering if you needed any dishcloths or bin liners or scouring pads. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. What's it got to do with you? I'm selling them. Don't worry, I'm registered. Look. Well, is that supposed to be you on that picture? Yes. Looks more like Hitler. No, it's me. Turn your head round a bit and half shut one eye. Not that one. Now squint. Not you, me. <laughs> well, you can say what you like, but I'm not convinced. Have you not got anything with your address on it? The recent electric bill or your driver's license? A home-based loyalty card we would accept? Or is there someone who uh, could vouch for you? Are you able to produce a doctor or a solicitor? Even a nurse, as a push. Look, I'm only selling kitchen stuff. Yes, well, that's how it starts. Then before you know it, Poland's in your icy grip, isn't it? <laughs> you sweep through France, crushing any resistance, and suddenly it's flipping D-Day, and everyone's saying, how did it come to this? Let's have a little common sense, please. <laughs> Scouring pads, you say? How much are they, then? A pound for a pack of five. Hmm. A pound. A pound, you say. One pound. A pound. Oh, go on, then. I'll have one. Oh, uh, thanks very much. That's a pound. No, I'll have one, you nitwit. What <laughs> I want with a pack of five scouring pads? Can only do one pan at a time. That's, that's how they come, in packs of five. Oh, you've got a lot to learn, you have. You need to ask yourself one or two questions. Do I want to succeed in business? If so, how can I meet the requirements and needs of my customers? Now, you've got two things you can do here. Either provide me with the service I require and make a sale, or you can get yourself off to Mrs Healy's next door. Mind you, I can't see you having any luck with her. She has an irritable bowel. <laughs> Sometimes she can be very sharp with you, Mrs Healy. Uh, now then, you want to be the businessman? What's it going to be? Any particular colour? A blue one. Oh, no, a pink one. Oh, but you've got yellow there, though, haven't you? Um, no, go on, I will have a blue one. I'll stick to my original choice. Well, that's 20 pence, then. I presume there'll be a discount, won't there, for cash? <laughs> because you're competing with the supermarkets for my custom, you know. Oh, yes, you're mixing with the big boys now. Let's say, at 20p, you've got my attention. Now, what are you prepared to do to close the deal? How far will you go? Well, I don't know. 19p? You're losing me. <laughs> 18p? Now, we're talking the same language. At least we're on the same level ballpark playing field. Uh, pitch. Oh, look, ju just give me 17p. I'm still here. Oh, Look, 15 pence, come on. I'll pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> Look, have the feckin' thing. Take it, have it. No one it, it's yours. Oh, go on then, if you insist. Now, that's good business. <laughs> and I suppose it's for a good cause as well, if it's keeping you off the streets, stopping you from your ram raiding. <laughs> it's been a real pleasure. You see, you made yourself a sale there, didn't you? Taking my advice, and who knows? Come back in a couple of years, and I might have another one of you. Yes, yeah, stick it up, your. <laughs> Ooh, 
Oh, look at the time. I'll be late for my audition if I don't get my fish on. I have skates on. And I, I don't mean the fish. <laughs> This must be it. Obsidian Productions. Yes? Hello, Count Arthur Strong speaking to you. I'm expected. Can you hear me? Fourth floor. What? What did you say? Is she coming down or what? Yes? I'm still outside. Are you coming down or what? Fourth floor. What? What did you say? <laughs> what did she say? Oh, the sudden stupid. <laughs> yes? Look, what's going on? Every time you talk to me, the flipping buzzer goes. I can't hear what you're saying. Are you coming down? Oh, what? Come up to the fourth floor. I can't get through the sodden door. Look, when you hear the buzzing noise, push the door. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> oh, well, it's working now, isn't it? <laughs> Typically. Dear me, these people. Right. Fourth floor, he said, with my knees. If you'd like to take a script and have a seat, I'll let you know when they're ready to see you. Thanks very much. It is the fourth bloody floor. Yes. Only there's no signs out there to tell you that. I've had to estimate it. This is the third floor I've had to ask at. You. Count Arthur Strong. I'm expected. Count Arthur Strong. Oh, yes, you're a bit late. It took me three quarters of an hour to get through the front door. <laughs> you want to get that scene to? If you'd like to take a seat, can I give you a script? Oh, there's a script, is there? Um, no, I don't think I will, thank you. Um, if it's all the same to you. I'm uh, more than happy to have a look at one of your magazines here. I'll let them know you're here. Good. Thank you very much. <clears throat> They're your bags, young man. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'll move them. You see a lot of that on trains. Is that what you do? You get yourself a nice window seat by the window, then you put all your belongings on the other seat so no one can sit next to you, even if the train's full and everyone's all standing. Is that what you do? Uh, no, no, I don't. Oh, I do. You want to say? You get two seats to yourself with a, with a nice table for all your bits and bats. If anyone asks me, I'll tell them, she's on the lavatory, if it's any of your business, thank you. Uh, they don't bother you after that. Or if they do, I say, it must be diarrhoea. <laughs> yes, she was looking a bit pale at Chester. And I, I hope it's not catching, because her hands have been all over that table. Uh, that doesn't... I might give it a try. What's that you're reading? Well, I'm just trying to have a quick look at the script before I have to go in. Oh, there's a script, is there? Jonathan, you can go through now. All oh, right, that's me. Well, lovely to have met you. Good luck in there, won't you? Hope you get your leg broke. <laughs> Always wasting his time, that one is. Dear me, not a flipping ounce of charisma. Oh, it makes me laugh how anybody thinks they can do it these days. Oh, dear me. Let's have a look at one of these magazines, then. Catkins diet. <laughs> oh, I couldn't eat catkins. They'd stick in your throat, wouldn't they? <laughs> Why I want even bigger boobs 
Jordan reveals all. Pages 44, 45, 63. I think you'd be happy with a 63-inch bus, wouldn't you? Let's have a look. Oh, blood and sands! Oh, dear me, there's, there's no call for that. I'm not asleep tonight now I've seen that. <laughs> And, 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 and she's got the nerve to call herself somewhere out the Bible as well. My <laughs> goodness. It's enough to curdle milk, is that? <laughs> Look, how much longer is this going to take? Some people might have to get to the butchers before it shuts. <laughs> Do you know, it would be nice if just once someone would put themselves in someone else's shoes for, for a change. That would be nice, wouldn't it? It shouldn't be long now. They're having to fit you in, you see, because you were rather late. I've told you it was the trouble with the doll's fault. You were supposed to be here yesterday. <laughs> well, you can wrap it up how you want, but uh, in the final analysis, your front door still needs fixing, so, you know, I have had the um, last laugh there. <laughs> I think. Anyway, I got here as quick as I could. I put my fish on, and I don't mean fish. You can go in now. About flipping time. Hello, Colin Barry. No, it's Count Arthur Strong, so you've got that wrong for a start. No, sorry, I'm Colin Barry. What are you calling me up for, then? Uh, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Strange way of going about things, most unusual. Um, yes, well, I'm the producer, and this is Linda Travers, our director. Hi, nice to meet you. Do you think before we have a chat, you can look straight into the camera for me and just give us your name and your agent's details? Certainly. <clears throat> Colin and Barry. Oh, you see, that was your fault. You've got me at it now. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Count Arthur Strong. Into the camera. Well, what's that, then? Um... I think it's something to do with the air conditioning. Is it? It looks like a camera, though, doesn't it? A little bit, um, although it is on the ceiling. <laughs> the camera's actually over there. Oh. Count Arthur Strong. So representation, Laura Trafalgar, Laura Trafalgar Associates. It does everything, uh, does Larry. Used to have a fat woman, could break a glass with a top C. Um, she's dead now. Uh, Lucy, uh, Lucy, um, Lucy. So, what have you been up to? I've not been up to anything. I've only just set foot through the door. <laughs> well, don't start all that up. Huh? Okay, so, um, so as you can tell from the script, it's about a very dark place. It's about gritty realism. It's, it's a lot about inner journeys. Journeys. Um, you're facing your inner demons. Demons. Obviously, you play an investigative journalist from the past. But you think you're from the future. Yes, and you're plunged into this murky world of dwarf prostitution. In Belize. <laughs> Lucy... <laughs> No, it's no good, it's gone. What have you been doing recently work-wise? Well, let's see, Linda. Um, you'd no doubt have seen me in one of my films I'd done, wouldn't you? Bridge Up the River Kwai, of course. That won Oscars. Um, Doctor No Little. Then, um, then there was the man who had 
some shoes. <laughs> and most recently, Linda, I had done an episode of Juliet Bravo. Juliet Bravo, I'm not familiar with that. What's that about? Um, do you know I'm not too short? <laughs> It was, it was very good, though. I, I know that. Oh, it was very good. They all, they all said that. What did you do in it? I think it was something to do. I had a book. And I had to take it back to the library or something. Um, if it wasn't a library, it was something similar. Um, it was definitely a book, though. I remember that. Or something very, very similar to a book. Right. Perhaps it was a magazine? No, it definitely wasn't a magazine, Barry. It had a hard cover on it, thank you very much. I know you think you're trying to help, but you're only succeeding in causing confusion. Um, did you get a chance to have a look at the script? Oh, there's, there's a script, is there? Did no one tell you? Well, uh, between uh, me and you, Linda, what's probably happened is the others you've seen before me have probably hid it. <laughs> Why? I don't know, Linda. <laughs> You've told me. It's unfathomable, isn't it, eh? Why some people would behave like that. It's completely unacceptable behaviour. Honestly, I'm speechless. Speechless. Still, we mustn't be too hard on them. They could still do one of the smaller other parts, perhaps, couldn't they? Let's not be too harsh, Linda. There, but for the grace of God, go I. Amen. <laughs> right. Well, do you have a prepared speech you can do or anything? Well, Linda, although I'm technically speechless for the reasons I outlined just previously, <laughs> I think I can pull one out of the bag for you. How about, Linda, a little something by Sir Winston Churchill... Oh, no, Winston Churchill, I'm always doing that. Um, something by uh, Sir William Shakespeare, the bard on Avon, our greatest... Living writer, a dead writer, uh, sorry, our greatest living dead writer, Sir Winston Shakespeare, the bird of Avon, bird on Avon. Um, I might be a little bit drained when I finish it, so <laughs> thanks in advance to both of you. It's much depreciated. <clears throat> Oh, for the muse of... Oh, sorry, can I, can I start again? Can you keep your hands still, please, Barry? Very distracting, is that? What are you doing? Well, I was just, um, writing something down. Well, perhaps you'd like to share it with the rest of us. <laughs> Bring it here. Come on. Thank you. Right, we'll soon get to the bottom of this. This is unbelievable. <laughs> is that what you were writing? Um... Y yes Well, thank you, Barry. <laughs> I think I may have misjudged you. I'm, I'm very touched you should think that. You can sit back down now. <laughs> I'm sorry about the interruption, Linda, but um, I think I've got a little bit of a fan there. As long as you, you don't start stalking me, Barry. <laughs> You've got to laugh, haven't you? Uh, right. Where was I? <clears throat> For the muse of fire. Get thee to a nunnery of Ophelia. Go on, get thee. Set the rest of them with you. But the place look alright, miss. There's a rotten smell in the middle of Denmark. 
saying of Cordell? <laughs> Ill met by Terry's moonlight, no Titanic. Ooh, Terry's moonlight, I could just with a bit of chocolate. Ooh, gives you a bit of a lift, doesn't it, Lender, a bit of chocolate? Senor Antonio, I have of late, but what for? I know not why. Um, hey, I'll tell you what, you don't see all gold anymore, do you? That's another tennis. Oh. If this book should chance to roam, um, Mr. Christian, Mr. Christian, thank you. I can do more if you want. <laughs> No, 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 no. I think we've seen all we need to see. I've always had a gift for language. Always have. Right, well, thank you so much for coming in. Um, we've got your agent's details. Lucy Parkinson! Hey, I told you I'd remember it. Lucy Parkinson told you she could break a glass with a top sea, pipe, pot, anything. She's dead now, sank without a trace. That's great. I'm um, lovely to meet you. Delightful. Absolutely delightful, Linda. I've had a lovely time. And I'll still be able to capture the butchers. So it's all worked out in the end, hasn't it? Cheerio to you. Goodbye, Barry. You let me have a schedule near the time, won't you? Ta ta, you two. Hello, Arthur. That's £2.80, love, your belly pork. £2.80. £3.4.15. Thanks, love. Thanks very much, then. Right then. You're looking very smart, Arthur. You going somewhere? No, I'm on my way back, Wilf. I've just been for one of my auditions of mine, I do. Oh, are we going to be seeing you on the telly, then? What was it to be in? Um, you know, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were dwarfs in it, I remember that. <laughs> then some woman smashed a pint pot and died. <laughs> you see, there was some trouble about the scripts. People hide in them, I think they said. So it couldn't really be clarified what it was they were doing. It's all a bit cloak and dagger, it's television. Me and Maureen liked it when you were in the police one years ago. Juliet Bravo. Oh, that came up today. What was I in that? The doctor at the hospital. And, and, and did, did I take some library books back in it at all? No, you were in intensive care. <laughs> that fat bloke that's in EastEnders now, he got beaten up in the cells. You were fighting to save his life. Did I? Did I save his life? No, he died. <laughs> Do you know, Wilf, I hate to lose one. <laughs> Was there a mobile library in the hospital at all? Can you remember? I don't think so. Could that fat bloke that's in EastEnders now have been a librarian? No, he was a labourer. He'd been kicked in the back. He died of liver failure. He would have been a vegetable if he'd lived, Arthur. He'd lost too much blood. Oh, dear, what a way to go. Ooh, liver with vegetables. <laughs> That's just what I feel like tonight. Give me half a pound of that pig's liver, with. That's the stuff. Lost a lot of blood, you say. Oh, that's a shame. Tell you what, I'll have some black pudding while I think of... Ooh, those kidneys look nice as well. I don't, I don't suppose he had any kidney damage, did he, Wilf? That would be too much to hope for. A nice mixed grill. <laughs> Appearing with Count Arthur Strong were Joanna Neary, Alistair Kerr and Dave Manfield. The script was written by Steve Delaney and edited by Graham Duff. Count Arthur Strong's radio show was recorded live at Comedia Brighton 
is produced by John Leonard and Mark Radcliffe and is a joint Comedia Entertainment and Smooth Operations production.